Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ed Hoback Show, where we tell life stories with sarcasm and smart-ass remarks. And today I have two stories for you, but I have three people who usually show up who are not here. Johnny G, not here. I'm going solo. No freaking monkey. Yay, I won't have to spend extra money to clean the studio. And Debugger, you know, I never know when she's going to show up or or see if uh, she's going to call in. I mean, she's, she's just a wildcat that is uh, fun to have on the show, I guess we'll call it. Anyway, today I have a story... Um, Two things that happen to me in life that happens to other people, but probably not to a lot of other people. So I'm calling this podcast Elevators and Bicycles. So since I call it Elevators and Bicycles, because I wasn't thinking, I want to start out with bicycles, if that's okay with everybody. But first of all, I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I'm having a blast doing this. I love the feedback. In fact, I just got an email this week about uh, a listener. He never misses me every week, but he's been enjoying on watching me grow, watching the quality of the audio, watching the way I handle things at the show. And, you know, for a hobby, it's kind of nice to get recognition. So uh, let's see. We're gonna we're, let's go back. You're getting sidetracked, Ed. Uh, I don't have Johnny G giving me hand signals anymore to keep me on track. At least this week, I have no idea if he's going to show next week or not. So I'll tell you a story about bicycles first. About I think 18 years ago. Correct me, dear, if I'm wrong. I met my wife, and she liked a bicycle. So I went to the bicycle shop and bought a bicycle. And we started bicycling together. So that's, uh, well, we'll call it a long time ago since that has happened. Maybe it was 19 years ago. No, probably 18. Anyway, I bought my bike. Yep, we had fun. Our relationship grew. We ended up getting married. We bicycle a lot. We still bicycle a lot. In fact, I'd be doing it now, except for the fact that it's a little windy and colder out than I wanted, and my bike's in the shop. It needs a little loving by somebody that has uh, mm, more skills than I do. Yeah, yeah. So I did really well those 18 years or so until two years ago. We were in Minnesota right after a very stormy Saturday afternoon that we got held up in a bar and had to wait for two hours before we could ride again. And we're going through a wooded area on a state trail and we were gonna stop and get our pictures taken for posterity purposes that we rode this trail by the state park. Well, we pulled our bikes over, we stopped, and we were attacked by mosquitoes. And the mosquitoes were so thick it looked like I had black hair on my arms. It was just too much. You felt like you were going to breathe them in. So we decided, don't need the picture, let's go. There was another couple with us, and everybody took off, and I kicked off, clipped in, slow start, and the mosquitoes got behind my goggles, my glasses. I got basically disoriented, lost my balance, went off the edge, boom, crash. 
down I went, wrapped my head good. Uh, unfortunately, natural weeds or grass, but I do wear a helmet, oh yeah. And um, got up and the mosquitoes were just killing me. And I have two bloodied elbows, two bloodied knees, running down into my socks, 95, 96, maybe 100% humidity. I don't know. It was nasty. And my, bar my wife, Barb, was the hero. She turned around and came back to help me while our other friends were about 100 yards away in the sunshine where there were no mosquitoes. She came back and helped because I had to have the bike held up to help me get the chain back on and bend the steering wheel right and everything else just to get rid of that mosquito-infested environment we were in. So I, I called her my hero. Anyway, uh, long story short, we probably had 12 miles to get back to our vehicles. I got back and emptied the water bottles on my skin so I could kind of clean up with some paper towels and get a little first aid going on all my bumps and bruises. Well, we had planned on riding the next day. My bike didn't look too bad, I didn't think. So we got home that evening. Next morning, I'm up at 6 a.m., look at the bike, put it on the stand. Oh, oh boy, it needed some help. But fortunately, I, I dug in with my toolbox, and I was able to get it going. So we were able to ride the next day on another trail, successful, no fall. Wow, look at all those years and no fall. Well, the story gets better than that with my bicycle. I ride, it's called a One Trek. It's probably five years old. It's white, and it is large, so it can haul me around. The seat sets up higher than a lot of people do on their bikes, as well as the handlebars. So... We had a nice warm day, I believe it was early in March, and I'd have to look back to check it out here in North Iowa. So we went to a bike trail we had never ridden before. We found out we liked it. It was beautiful, great trailhead, and we're pedaling along. And me, that would be Ed, did not pay real close attention to what he was doing all the time, and I got a little too close to the edge of the asphalt where they had very pretty pink sharp-edged quartz laying alongside it, just like on a railroad bed, and it was up in the air. Well, Ed falls, he crashes, he wraps his head in last summer's weeds that were just a gray or, or beige straws sticking in the air, dry as could be. They went right through the, the hole in my helmet and came out the top. Well, in the meantime... The bicycle's kind of on top of me. My feet are higher than my head, and yes, I had blood on the kneecaps. It's like, oh, great. Well, let me tell you, um, my wife is a lot more cautious riding than I am, so she gave me, uh, to put it nicely, a little lecture. And then she says, are you going to get up? Do I have to call for help? I says, yeah, I'm going to get up. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it without there being more pain. These rocks are sharp. Well, I ended up getting through the pain and getting back on my bike and cleaned up my bloody knee again. Away we go for the rest of the ride. And, uh, you know, I didn't fall again that day. That's awesome. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, 18 years went by. You fell two years ago at 16 years. Now you fell this year. 
your luck should be about done, right? Right. Well, fast forward maybe four or five weeks, there's a group of 10 of us go to another trail. Goes to a little town. We stop in at the local watering hole. And uh, I found out they have iced tea, just for the record. And coming back, we had to ride some residential roads and then about 50 yards on a concrete road. Fairly new concrete road. So I turn out on that with the rest of our group. And guess who finds... Now I ride a road bike, a Trek white road bike. Guess who finds a crack in the concrete that gobbled up both front and rear tires so you know which way I went down left-hand side. My guardian angel, who usually pulls me out of a jam, it wasn't my wife, another friend of mine, picks up my bike. As I look up, there's a car coming, and I'm on the road. He gives me a hand, pulls me up to my feet. We get off to the side. Fortunately, the car turned uh, off on the road that we came out on. But once again, bloodied knees and a very scratched Apple Watch. Uh, yeah, I fell on my left-hand side. So there we go. Two outings in one year, fall. Two years prior to that, fall and crash. And then nothing for 16 years. So what is that telling me? I'm being less careful, which would be called careless, or I'm starting to show my age, or bad luck's just catching up to me, or God willing, I'll have another 18, 19 years before I fall again. Stay tuned. Time will tell. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So that was People ride bicycles, but that was things that happened to me that's a little bit out of the ordinary. But, you know, if it isn't out of the ordinary, somebody please shoot me an email and tell me it's not out of the ordinary. So my next life story, and I hope I didn't bore you with the first one, this happened to me about 12 years ago in Atlanta, Georgia, in an elevator. I was working a trade show on the 19th floor, and between 5 and 6 p.m., the elevators just get not so busy because everybody's done standing on their feet for the day and want to go to the nearest watering hole and get some drink and food. So there was probably 14 of us, I believe, on this elevator, and it was fairly tight, not crammed. And uh, two of the other people I knew because uh, we worked for the same company we get down to the 17th floor, it stops. Nothing. Nothing except the auxiliary lights come on. So, you know, the little red button that says emergency and the little phone receiver in some elevators? Well, this one had one, so we pushed the button and picked up the phone receiver. And Tom who is a co-worker of mine, told them what happened and where we were, and they said they would send us help. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to guess three-quarters of the people's mind went crazy about how long are we going to be stuck in here. There's no windows. Oh, my goodness. Just, I think their minds went crazy because there were thoughts being thrown around here and there. Uh, two, two or three ladies were even... Uh, jokingly saying, but in the back of their mind, I think they meant it, 
Oh, I only have a quarter of my water bottle left. Oh, I only have half. Oh, mine's almost full. What if we're stuck in here for hours and it gets warm? I said, I wouldn't drink the water if I were you. Somebody's going to have to relieve themselves if we're stuck in here for hours. And everybody kind of laughs and they go, who's the big bald guy? You know, like, yeah, who, who, you know, what's going on there? Well, as we waited longer and we were assured help was going to arrive, I uh, found two, didn't find him, but two women were almost in panic mode. And they were verbalizing it, and we'll leave it at that. So finally I told them, just calm down. We're all in this together. We will have the fire department, I'm sure, or maintenance here shortly, and they'll be wearing their red suspenders with no shirts. So ladies, keep that in mind as you have all these thoughts wondering, and, and you'll pull through this. Well, it was about 40, 42 minutes, and the doors open. And there were the firemen with shirts and red suspenders. And we got out on that floor and was able to get to another elevator and, and, and go down. So, you know, that doesn't happen to everybody, right? Well, let me tell you a story. Last March, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I was there on business in a small hotel, five floors. I... Uh, Got there, checked in, they gave me my key. Oh, I'm on the fifth floor. Great, hit the fifth floor button, nobody else is around. Get to the fifth floor, ready for the door to open. Everything stops. Emergency lights go on. I'm hearing over an intercom, the building has lost power. The building has lost power, they keep saying it. So I push the button and I'm talking to the fire department and the fire department guy assures me they'll get somebody there as soon as they can. So there I am this time stuck all by myself. Not a big deal actually to me. I did call my wife. She was wondering if I was nervous. I said no. I did make a few other calls but I managed to in my 60 plus years have two get stuck in the elevator stories so um, I don't know if I'm proud of it, but it's making for the second part of my podcast. And, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. I, I'm, I'm living with it, but I have stories to tell, and I'll be able to tell my grandkids the same story. So that's what I got today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I call it Two Weird Stories. No, I'm going to call it Bicycles and Elevators. But um, things just, I think with the travel that I do and then my personality, things just happen to me kind of weird. I got, I got some more weird things that happen to me as well. But we will segue now right into the quote of the day. And by the way, you can get a quote of the day from me seven days a week, 365 days a year. Just send me an email, ed at edhallback.com and say, please send me the quote. And in fact, one of the nice things about sending this quote out every day because it makes me stop and think is I got an email the other day from a listener who thanked me for sending it out because they really, really needed to hear that that day. So I guess all my ramblings on my podcast and my quotes of the day are not in vain if I can help one person out. And I appreciated the message, but I don't need that. I will just 
keep pumping them out there. They help me as well as everybody else. So quote of the day, ed at edhallback.com or just go to my website and send me a note and I will get you, get you a quote going out every day. So you can go to edadhallback.com, tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your family. They can listen to me every Monday morning at 7 a.m. A new episode comes out. You can listen to all the old episodes if you want to. All you do is go to edhallback.com and click on Spotify, Google, Buzzsprout. Uh, Amazon is on there now, I believe. And... Um, Apple Podcasts, and then you'll find me and just click the forward button and start listening. It's a great opportunity to make your commute a little more less boring. That was a poor choice of words, but anyway, uh, I want to say a big, big thank you to everyone who listens. And oh, I do have a quote of the day for you on the podcast, and here it is. As long as you believe in yourself, there'll always be a way for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll take that one to heart because I know my earlier podcasts had a lot of problems. I still have a lot of problems. They're not professional, professional, but it's a hobby. It's giving me the opportunity to expand my vocabulary, even though I say uh a lot. Time. I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. That's all I got. Bye bye.